You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Valentine's Day is coming up. What are you doing to celebrate? I'm going to treat myself to a brand new Lalo. Lalo makes those vibrators that you don't want to miss out on. You don't want to miss out on them because they have state-of-the-art technology. They're simple and functional in their design. And guess what? You could leave them on your nightstand. They're so beautiful that people will think they're lovely back massagers. You've recommended them to everyone I know. I've used it for the past decade, Cam. These are my faves. So if you want Karen Lee's fave vibrators for this Valentine's Day, you can get 20% off any of the products already not on discount when you use promo code MOM20 at Lalo.com. That's code MOM20 at L-E-L-O dot com. Lalo, take it from me. You will not be disappointed. It's uncomfortable to talk about sex, but sometimes it's important to get uncomfortable. Sex Talk with My Mom is the best mom-son podcast about sex. It's the only one as well. My mother is a cougar. My son is a clown. In a nutshell, my dad died. So my mother decided to create a YouTube channel all about sex, like all mothers do. And then my son decides to use my material in his stand-up comedy routines. And thus, Sex Talk with My Mom was born. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. We're chatting about sex twice a week, my friends. On Mondays, it's with you. And on Thursdays, it's with a special guest. This week's episode is just a bombshell. I can't believe you keep finding these amazing comics to come on the show. I'm so excited because this one is a a fellow cougar, I would say. Definitely. Monique Marvez is coming on the show. She's definitely the most seasoned comic we've ever had on the podcast. She's been doing this for, what, 25 years? 25 years. She has three Showtime specials, The Latin Divas of Comedy, Snoop Dogg Presents, The Bad Girls of Comedy, and her own one-hour Showtime special, Not Skinny, Not Blonde. I've seen her live now, and she is so freaking funny, and she's brilliant. It's almost like watching a magic show, because she's able to come up with these jokes so quickly off the cuff. You it's unbelievable. I, I don't even want to blow any by telling you one, the, my favorite one. No, we'll let, it, we'll let them experience it themselves. But believe it or not, this is more of an insightful interview than it is, you know, just a laugh fest. You well, know, it, we do it, laugh, but it really, she, she is extremely intuitive. Yeah, I think that's what it is that made me connect with her so much because we ended up becoming very good friends. She follows her gut. She follows her intuition, which is what I do. And the two of us literally have like almost like an energetic connection. There's definitely some energy flowing over here. There's some serious energy. It, I think that it actually affected the video of this interview. It did. Because it start, the video is all wavy. I've never seen this happen before. But, you know, she makes tragedies into opportunities. She was married three times. She's uh, She talks all about open relationships and, and her ability to disconnect from people if if it's not going you know if Basically, it's not going when the, well. den- the dance is coming to an end she doesn't like hold on and grasp to it she acknowledges it and moves forward we'll let you experience yeah the whole, exactly but she, we, we dive deep into intimacy and and how to approach a relationship her general perspective on life is a beautiful one it is she looks at the positive and uh she manifests her own destiny i love it and by the way she dates younger men, if we didn't mention that. If so we didn't mention that. I think there's a serious connection going on between my mother and Monique. <laughs> mother, do you want to sing them out so that we can actually jump into this interview? Yes. And let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and having Monique on our little podcasty. Oh, okay. I don't know. Should I do it again? Well, yeah. Let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and having our little cougary. A cougary. A cougary. It's a cougar fest. Doesn't All right. anything end in E anymore? <laughs> Enjoy. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. We're here with Monique Marvez. Very excited to have you here. Thank you, Cameron. I'm actually extremely excited to have you here. And thank you, Karen. I'm delighted to be here, neighbors. <laughs> yeah, Monique moved into the same building I did about two days after me. I, think. I did indeed. We and, were parked side by side. And it was a lot of fun getting to know you. I'm it's, actually surprised it took this long for well, this to happen. Well, that's because Monique is never in town. I travel extensively uh, and I take a very long time to decide because once somebody's on the other side of the velvet rope, I very rarely ask people to leave the club. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm extremely... Does that mean it, 
I mean, I'm in the club. I spent New Year's with you. Oh, wow. Aww. See? You guys, I'm, I'm serious. You probably had a wilder New Year's than I did. Uh, I wouldn't say that. It wasn't that really? wild. No. Really? It was there just, was no nudity. <laughs> I, what I liked is it's three couples all with the older older women and dating younger men. Mm-hmm. And that was what was so cool about it. Yeah. Do you think, I think you everybody share, felt comfortable? Is there like a commonality among all three of you of, of, of guests of the women in the in those relationships? Uh, I would just tell you that Monique has a great line about cougars. Uh, I always, first of all, it's a pejorative. Nobody says cougar in a nice way. Right. So Although I don't like I it. I change that meaning. So you know I that. say, if you're going to call me a name because I'm an older woman with a younger man, call me what I am. <laughs> Sore. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, we're tired. <laughs> sore or tired. But yeah, I mean, there's also this confidence about you. Thank you. And about my mother. Yes. Thank you. That is basically like, I'm going to live my life and basically invite people who want to be part of that into it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is not a reshaping to, to fill someone else's life. It absolutely sounds. not. It's the exact opposite. I tell people your job isn't to change people. It's to find the people that resonate with you. Ooh. Oh, wow. I don't try to change anybody ever. I couldn't, I couldn't care less how people conduct themselves. How did you get like this? I was, I could lie to you, but which is a reoccurring theme. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> My desire to live in a very specific way predates speech. And I'm going to give my father credit. I think he's talked to me when I was an infant and started trying to hypnotize me in the ways of Schopenhauer to have a completely different life than other people. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, my di- that, you're so lucky because most parents are the exact oh, no. opposite, especially our generation, because you're about my age in the, in the over 50 crowd. Yeah. Or the over 55. No, my father uh, was brilliant. But he was definitely a do as I say, not as I do, because he knew that he didn't have the strength to break out of his inculcation. So he took great measures, like the worst pejorative my father could inflict on you. If I brought a guy home on a date, my dad would look at me and he'd say, Monique, I see why you like him. He's very handsome, but he's so ordinary. Oh, God. So your dad was your hero. Absolutely. There's a line in my one woman show where I say my father left me nothing except everything I am. Whoa! I'm Holy shit! Goosebumps all over the place. Is, is there? Was there? What was it about him that allowed you to be so close with him? Well, first of all, my my father had. We were the same in that we have no guile. So I don't know if I was born without guile or he didn't allow me to develop it. Because when you say guile, what do you mean guile? Guile, game face, mendacity, the ability ability to pretend something is okay when it's not. You know, whatever you want to say that you're not living a completely authentic, truthful life. Mm. People develop that from the time they're children, you know, mm. and people say like, are you okay? I'm fine. You know, they're not fine. You know, we develop these sort of spiritual calluses that we think we need as opposed to just don't be around people that are going to injure and wound you. That's the key. Which is the mm. essence of the four agreements. It's not to be, I know Don Miguel Ruiz. Yeah. I've, have you seen the picture of me on Facebook with no. him? Yeah, I know him well. Oh, He's God. been to my oh, home. Oh my God. You know She's how often obsessed. I mention the four agreements? It's like crazy. But well, I mean, I'm, he's a I'm big happy promoter to forward you the picture. <laughs> I'd like to see the picture. Look on Instagram, folks. It'll be on there. Yeah, I will send you the picture of me with my arms around Don Miguel at Maria Conchita Luis uh, Alonso's house, which was an event that I put together <laughs> so okay. that they could all hang out. Well, anyway, I think that's basically his philosophy, which is you have, it's to, four undo. Things. You have to undo some of the stuff that right. is being Be impeccable taught. with your word. Don't take anything personal. Don't assume anything and always, always do your best. best. Yeah. Look at this. See? I, Kindred spirits. Unbelievable. Actually, Mastery of Love is a better book. Okay, we'll check out that one too. Yeah. So, so uh, for our listeners, you are Latina? 100%. All four grandparents. But Jewish. Well, I converted for a relationship. Yeah, my Hebrew name is Basheva. I oh, love wow. that. Yeah, where are where were we born? Miami, Florida. Okay. As I say in my act, the capital of Cuba. It's a joke. <laughs> yes, yeah. no, it's not a joke. It's probably it's very kind of yeah, kind of sort of yeah. Do you think your background has affected your romantic or uh, relationships? Absolutely. In what ways? Well, I mean, culturally, people are different. People like, for instance, you know, I've never been involved after the age of you know, 25 in a long-term relationship with a Latino or African-American male. And why? Because they're not culturally told that fidelity is important. And, oh. you're, and you are a big promoter of yeah, fidelity? You, yes, absolutely. Oh. Or, or of discussion if you're yeah. going to go a different route. Like, I'm fine with people having open relationships. I just don't want to not be in on the fact that it's an open relationship. Exactly. Right, 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 right. Oh, so this is, are you married? Well, my wife thinks I am, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 no. That's completely against my jam. 
So Me earlier too. in the in our conversation before we started recording, my mom mentioned your boyfriend. You're like, that is not my boyfriend. He's not. So what is the he's status a, of there? He's a cutie who looks a little bit like one of the Almond Brothers. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. I don't know which one, alive uh, or dead, but... No, probably I, the one that was married to Cher. Oh, okay. Yeah. With the long hair. Yeah, and Greg. Long, yeah. yeah. He's very... He's got a soul patch. He's 6'4", long blonde hair. He's oh, very, wow. He's a nice looking boy. He's a nice, a look, nice, looking, nice looking boy. boy. Is he, am I lying or is he attractive? He's attractive, all yeah, right. he's very handsome. And, it, and he seems very confident in his looks. Yeah, he he thinks that's why I'm with him. He's absolutely convinced it's because he's good looking and young and muscular. And that's not true. No, absolutely not. You can't swing a dead cat. I said it in my act last night. <laughs> this is a city of beautiful men. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So wait, you're saying you're basically saying he doesn't compare if you're looking going for just a, looks. Yeah, that's not important to me. Oh, okay. It's okay. a meat suit. Uh, but uh, people have to hide in their comfort zone and he thinks that that's his capital and that that's what he has to spend and who am, I've tried to convince him for years I've known him on and off for six years that that is absolutely not the draw because you know silly me I'm still human I I would like him to be confident in who he is as a person because when his too. looks fade yeah. I would like him to know that that was just a very small part of the experience so when you well, wait can we just say that was beautiful it's the truth. And that's how I feel as well. You don't want to be with someone who doesn't grow. No, absolutely not. I'm not interested in that. So when you meet someone, yes. you're looking way beyond their looks. Hundred, I don't see people. I see energy fields. Oh, I literally wow. don't see the meat suit. You don't even see, you, like when three, you're looking at me Three right to now, five minutes. Like if you and I had a conversation, which happens all the time, people will call me and they'll go, I'm not feeling well. And I'll close my eyes and I'll say... I see yellow, I see, I had a friend who was convinced he had AIDS, and he called me, and I said, no, I, I don't see that, I see yellow, turned out he had a problem with his liver, bile is yellow, ah. he, it was his Billy Rubens were off, and I'm not saying that he didn't have issues, I believe he had hepatitis, but he didn't have AIDS, and oh, this was wow. in the 90s when that would have been really bad. Holy Money, moly. can I suggest you don't give your phone number to Cam? <laughs> I'm going to be calling you every five minutes wondering what colors you're seeing. Um, you know what's really interesting about you? You're very um, light. Oh. You're, you're, you're light blue, and you're healthy and whole. Thank you, you just don't know what to do with yourself. Oh, I love that. And yeah. I think that's a very accurate description. Yeah, yeah you're, you're very whole. You're, you're solid. You, I don't see any specks or lights. Wow. Or any off. Pisces. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just in general, when's your birthday? March 9th. Yeah. You're, in general, you're, in, you know, you're good. You're solid. You're whole and holy. You just don't know what to do with your energy force. I think that's accurate. And you know what I found out? Hmm. Your birthday is one day before mine. Yeah, September 23rd. No way. I'm on the cusp, Libra and Virgo. Wow. That's why we got this strong, like, psychic connection going. I guess so. So your whole life... It's all just energy, though. I agree. Days of the week kind of sort of matter. I got a reading once, and uh, the woman called me from Florida, like, two in the morning, because it was five in the morning for her. She'd been working. And uh, she said that I had the exact stars in the sky as Anwar Sadat. She said, in my years of reading That's people, wild. and she'd done it forever and ever, she said, I've never seen a stronger chart. You have the same natal chart as Anwar Sadat. Whoa. Uh, that was that very wild. I was super impressed. Yeah. <laughs> it made me happy. I don't know. I, I can just imagine who I was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, you, you got Sandra Bullock. No, you tell people, well, in, in order for people to do your charts, if you're interested, you, you have to know where thing. you were born, of course. exactly what time, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I pinned it down. I have my birth certificate, my mother's yeah. word, and this woman did a chart for me. It, it is a whole pie chart. And yeah, it's a it's lot. The, it's the houses, everything. I got to tell you, one time I went to a psychic. I'll never forget. This guy was great. I walked in the room. He's like, whoa. He goes, I felt so much energy when you walked in the room. I had to sit down. You are very lively. I got some energy going. You do. <laughs> You're very yeah. lively. Lively. So what? Okay. Thank you. There, we've we've taken a lot of threads, a lot of different paths already. Go wherever you want, Cam. Oh, I'm here. Well, yeah. I personally, I'm mostly interested in this energy stuff and how you learned about it. Uh, oh, well, f- you know, here's the thing. You don't learn. You make sure you don't unlearn. That's mm. the key to energy. But even just to get the vocabulary around That's exactly around what it. Don Miguel Ruiz's point is. That right. You, that it's society that molds you into this non-functioning person as opposed to... A, a because they have agendas. Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's a matter of avoiding agendas. There's a book that I highly recommend to people. It's a little bit esoteric. It's not for everyone. It's called The Science of Getting Rich. It's by Wallace Waddles. He wrote it in 1910 and died in 1911. So it's a real mic drop. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
And it's really has nothing to do with cash dollars, mm. but it talks about alignment and it talks about why currency is a, you know, a synonym for money. You know, when people say it's legal tender, it's currency. And he talks about being in alignment and your energy flow and how if you're in complete alignment with your purpose, your energy, the way that things are flowing, that being rich in a, in a, you know, materialistic way is almost inevitable. The real key is to get rich in the invisible realm, hmm. to, to build up that charge and that capital. And, you know, that's why I, I tell people I have friends that are phenomenally wealthy with dollars, you know, but I'm one of the richest people I know. Like oh, I wow. would go toe to toe with Jeff Bezos because I understand how it works. And when you understand how it works, then you're you're guided by kindness, you're guided by compassion, you're guided, that's all deposits in the invisible realm. Hmm. And that's, you know, the only place I really want to make sure I have tons and tons of currency. I love money. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big proponent of money. I love material goods. I I'm wearing a very expensive perfume right now. Uh, <laughs> so happy to hear that. To our no, listeners, I hope you can smell that. It's a, a, you know the invisible. Even I spend more money on perfume than most people spend on and house candles. And it's so weird you say that because I am going away from perfume. They it almost no, feels I like I love it, perfume. I'm almost feeling like I love the eau de sweat better. No, I, I there's places. I, there's a hotel in Paris called the Hotel Coast and. You can smell the smell when you're standing on the steps greeting the doorman. You would like these shoes I just bought yesterday. Apparently, they have different scents to them. Okay. But um, let's go. Let's uh, let's. I, can I just veer off a little bit to? You can do whatever I you want. I always like to veer to the funny. I, just the way you described how you picked your your mates along the way and why. Are you talking about my stand-up specifically, or, or yeah. well, you, your stand-up is your life. You're very uh, thank gen- you. genuine. I, thank, yeah, I, I was super impressed with thank your you. stand-up yesterday. It was thank incredible. You. Thank you. But the way you speak on uh, some of your Showtime specials, because I'm perfectly honest. I mean, like my well, my first you, husband yeah. was my high school sweetheart. Yeah, and I jokingly say, "You broke it. You bought it." I had pretty minimal. <laughs> information at the time you know who broke it and who bought it he broke it and he bought it he was the first man i'd ever seen naked slept with been in love with he was my whole world and speaking to the energy i i stepped on a school bus the first day of my sophomore year of high school i wasn't even 15 years old and the light was shining in on his face and a voice in my head said that's the most beautiful man i've ever seen one day i'm going to marry him and seven and a half years later i did but you're saying beauty in terms of the whole essence. No, I'm saying there was something beautiful yeah. about him. He's dead now. He's not even. Oh, it old. sounds like me. Yeah, he's dead. Uh, he didn't <laughs> die on my watch, but he did die. Yeah, I, I had another guy that asked me to marry and love me to death, and he also, I just found out, died. Yeah. What is this? The, are we the black widows over here? I'm going to tell you right now. Because uh, I lost my husband also, as you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was the, my first husband was all I knew. Uh, my second husband was, well, what caused that divorce? Um, he ran off with a woman named Melissa Ives, Melissa two S's I V E S. I've cleared it with my lawyer. I can say it cause it happened. <laughs> oh and, uh, my God. What well, well, made Melissa Ives so special that he needed to run off with her? Um, it's, you know, here's, here's Fuck Melissa Ives, you know, here's what, what, it, what happens is, and I say it in my act, water seeks its own level, mm. you know, and she, uh, and I'm going to tell you the true story. It's in my one woman show. I'm going to tell you before everybody else is that when we were in therapy, he said, um, Melissa needs me. Monique doesn't need anyone. Oh, that wow. is exactly what my husband said when he broke my heart. When I, I was seeing him on the side, I'm in college with him. I said to him, okay, it's been on six months. You got to b- choose me or the girl that you, you know, the boring one that, uh, the main chick, the main chick. The, the bottom bitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you choose me or her, thinking, of course he's going to choose me because I'm awesome. And he chooses her. Why? Because she needs me more than you do. Very well, similar. he said Monique doesn't need anyone. Well, and, it's and, the same concept. Yeah. And, and, and that's not, it's, it's not entirely true. And, um, and I was shocked. And that was like somebody turned the keys to a jail. And I stepped out and said, okay, I, I get how this works. And that was like the first and hardest lesson that I've ever learned. And, uh, and, and after that, I moved through the world very differently. 
and I thank Melissa Ives all the time, and I say it in my special, I wouldn't be a comedian if it weren't for her, and how sometimes you think the worst thing that ever happened to you is the worst thing, and in fact, it's absolutely the best. Aha. Uh-huh. Right, Cam? Maybe. Maybe. Do you, do Cam you know, just get dumped or something? No, no Cam, no, Cam no. has an old parable that he'd like to recite. <laughs> is it the one about maybe, maybe with yes, the horse? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. The yeah. farmer story. Tony well, Robbins but, but tells wait, that Wait, do it real quickly so the people at home can... Wait, I feel like we've talked about this. All right. Well, just in case this is the first time they've ever heard our podcast, okay. you should tell okay, us. Okay, okay, okay. Give okay, the cliff okay, notes. This is okay. a sex talk with my mom. Cam is going to tell you the parable. The Chinese <laughs> farmer story. Basically, this guy has a horse. He's a farmer. The horse runs away one day. Mm-hmm. And the whole town comes and they say, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. This was a huge tragedy. And the farmer says, maybe. Next day, the horse comes back and he brings with him a whole group of wild horses. And the whole community comes and they say, congratulations. This is unbelievable. You have all these horses now. And the farmer says, maybe. The following day, his son is riding one of the horses. He falls off and breaks his leg. The community again comes. They say, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. This is terrible. Your son is, is wounded. The farmer says, maybe. Finally, the next day, the military comes to take everyone. They, they enter war. They come to take his kid off to battle. He can't go because he's got the broken leg. And again, the whole community comes and says, like, congratulations. Yeah. You, you don't have to lose your son. And he goes, maybe. And this goes on and on and on and on and on. Do you, yeah. do you, do you, under, do you know why the guy in Breaking Bad is named Heisenberg? No. Do you know who Heisenberg is? No. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to shorten that story for you. Oh, my God. I got shivers <clears throat> right now because that's my, my favorite show ever. Here's the, actually, Better Call Saul is better written. I know. But that's beside I, I the love point. Better Call Saul, too. Don't worry. Here's the point. The point is, is that life is the story you tell yourself. Your unconscious doesn't know the difference. So you decide how to feel about any event. Mm. I don't know if you know this, but the chemical reaction from anxiety and excitement is exactly the same. Your hormones secrete the exact same. Mm. So the reality is your life is your story, literally. You decide how you want to feel about any given event on any given day. It is your choice. Heisenberg uh, talked extensively about perception. If you think you're seeing waves, you're seeing waves. If you think you're seeing cones and rods, you're seeing cones and rods. It is literally your choice. Your mm. perception is a decision. I love this. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this actually because my friend grew obsessed with Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. and I'm repeatedly come across these these either the movie he came out with recently with Scorsese mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, some of his books that he basically is like you, you just the whole thing is a big pretend. You're basically making your own story. 100%. You could really just say whatever the fuck you want to, to say and, and believe it's real, and it is actually that. Your and unconscious does not know the difference. Yes. And people and will people believe you. people around you because they'll feel that. Well, I said it in my act last night. I mean, I, I come right out and, and I say that you you tell yourself a story. We project. It's like... It's like, uh, did you ever see the movie Being There? Mm-hmm. It's a Jersey oh, Kaczynski. Good movie, by the way. You'd like that one. It's a Jersey one. Kaczynski. Who's in that? Peter Sellers. Oh, like yeah. the best of the best. Yeah. And Shirley MacLaine. It was such a good movie, though. I'm but surprised it's really, you didn't see that. I said the two most important things. And what social media has extorted because of the speed of exposure is, do you know me? And once you know me, do you love me? Those are the two biggest parts of the human condition, to be Mm. known and to be loved, Mm. and to be loved once we're known. And yet most of us cloak ourselves in a whole lot of filters and mendacity because we're not 100% certain that if people saw us for our complete authentic selves that they would love us. Mm. So it's kind of like I want you to love me for who I am, and then we're mad at people when they don't love us for who we are, but how can they when we're not even really showing them who we are? Right. Mm. And, and in fact, you could be lying. Them. You could be actually lying and not showing them. And you them might who... not even know it, but the but a big part of it is that we project the entire movie of being there is how how we project onto other people that which we think they are. Or more importantly, that which we need them to be for our own agendas and and comfort. Mm. And, you know, when you can be your authentic self and be in a space with somebody else that that you're freeing and allowing to show you their authentic self and you still like them, that's the basis for a relationship. Which brings us back to your question about the young man I keep time with. I was just about to say, let's go back there then. Well, here we are. The young man I keep time with. That's I can't think of another thing because you said, why is he not my boyfriend? Right. And it's because I told him, who asked me the same question, 
I said, a boyfriend has an implied trajectory. There's a beginning, a middle, and end. We mm. meet, it escalates, we get married, we get, we don't. live together, we don't get married, you know, we break up, things well, what will about, happen. What about the write-off in the sunset? Well, that, again, we, we're together, we're not together, they leave, whatever. There's a, there's a trajectory, there's a story arc where when you're uh, balanced energetically, when you find somebody that's in your vibration, you know, the, call them family, call them whatever you want. And I told him once, I said, you're not my boyfriend, you're family. Someday we won't be like this. Oh, But wow. I will not love you any less. When you're married with three children, I will not love you one tiny bit less than I love you right now. By Whoa. the way, I told him that I don't think he's ever going to find whoever it is that he might be looking for other than you because I see, I see the, lo the look he gives you. Because I allow him to be him and he doesn't even know who he is fully and completely. But I, it is my mission as a friend, as a person who cares deeply, to help him to explore that space without any judgment or boundaries. But you didn't get that way. That's why I want to go way back to where you said, uh, I forgot her name already. Melissa Ives. Melissa Ives. <laughs> fucked you over. Two but, S's, I-V-E-S. She didn't. She but freed me. But in a me. sense, exactly. In a sense, she didn't fuck you over. Not at because all. Because she allowed you to be you. And I think I always say with every tragedy, there it becomes an opportunity. Obviously, I'm coming from... Uh, That's up, the formula up. of comedy. Comedy is tragedy plus time. Of course. So... She allowed you to to be free and be yourself and Correct. move on. And what happened then as far as your love life went? I experimented. I went rail to rail. I mean, I could lie to you, but what's the point? Mm -hmm. I, I've dated all kinds of people. I've, I've had relations with more people than I care to admit on a microphone, uh, a wide gamut. Uh, I'm a magnet for uh, depressed alcoholic conservatives. And, <laughs> oh and, my uh, God, Trumpsters! And uh, well, they weren't oh. called that then. They voted for other people, but yeah, um, and and uh, people that are sexually fluid before it was in style. Uh, I dated a bisexual gay porn star in the '80s. Doesn't um, everyone? Yeah, I think it's kind of de rigueur. But um, <laughs> you know, I didn't know it when I met him. You know, I thought he worked at a travel agency. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> specializing in trips to Uranus, but my point is, oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's no intergalactic travel agencies. But oh my, my but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I was involved emotionally and physically with a wide gamut of people, and uh, Orthodox Jewish rabbi. Well, you know? which one decided? Which one made you want to engage in another marriage? Um, I, I, I met a young man who was. Uh, for whatever reasons, uh, troubled deeply. <laughs> okay. This, this is what made you want to get married again? Yes. And I'll tell you why. It was a complete compulsion. People have asked me. You know, it was a compulsion. But uh, I, have, I had a superpower that I needed destroyed, you know, like Magneto. And, uh, and You talked about that as well. And, and what it is is that, uh, you know how when a bomb squad needs to explode a bomb and they don't know exactly what to do with it they put it in a, in a certain kind of box and the box is made of iron and you know they can detonate it within the safe box and my superpower used to be that anybody could tell me anything and my reaction would be like so what do we do now like no judgment like oh i was ritualistically molested by a cult be like all right i get it it's not good what do we do now <laughs> you know i that's my you know, that I'll, was my superpower. Yeah. And it's still, it's not that I, that I don't have it anymore. I still have it, but I didn't want it to be my guiding force. So I met somebody who had a deep seated tragedy that needed a safe place to explode. And with that explosion, it was so massive that it, it, it broke the box. It cracked the box. So mm -hmm. I had no need to do that anymore because I did it. Like I hung up my Jersey of this was a huge explosion and now that person is married with children and living a fantastic life. And, um, you know, when people say, like, oh, your marriage failed. Well, what was the failure? My career skyrocketed and this person has a fantastic life. So I don't know that you can call that a failed marriage. I think that was just the completion of a story arc and the most perfect use of a skill set. So you're still friends with him? I can't be because it's not comfortable for his wife. But mm -hmm. I know of his life and I'm close with his mother. Oh wow! And then, wait. Can I in, can I interject with one question? Anything you want. Okay. So a lot of this. Do you understand? Let me ask you, for the sake of the listener, did you understand that story? I think so. 
I did. Okay. I think you have, at that point, you had a need to be a safe place to land for someone. You, yes. You, I, wanted, you, I wanted to be needed. You, But you, I wanted to be needed at the highest possible level yeah. because I jokingly say, to put a pin in your question, I'm not forgetting it, Cam, that the first gang I ever joined was my family. Hmm. And, um, and because my dad was manic depressive with suicidal tendencies, it's what's familiar to us. Hmm. So because I, I can't just be loved and needed, it has to be at the highest, most desperate level. Hmm. And that's what I drew until the box exploded and I was freed from the need to so do that. So now you don't have to oh, be wow. the, uh, the all nurturing woman. Nope, I can be loved by a perfectly normal person who doesn't have a horrible you don't want a demon fix. that they're fighting. Yeah, you don't no. have to be oh, the fixer. No, not You were the fixer. I was more Extreme than the fixer. fixer. I was the difference between life and death for people. Yeah. Wow. So then... Not just a good life, any life. Yeah. Yeah. So, question... Any question. The you way were, that you talk and what you were saying earlier about your belief in, in what people might consider woo-woo stuff. <laughs> I like that term. It is without doubt. Mm-hmm. You're, there is no questioning. Because if you point. really believe in that, like I do as well, you, there is no doubt. You know you, you follow your intuition. That's my mo- I, That would be my billboard. If someone said, what would you want a billboard to say? You know, that question that uh, Tim Ferriss always asks. Mm-hmm. Mine would be follow your gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you both have this quality of being unfaltering mm-hmm. in your beliefs. Yeah, I'm pretty and unwavering. And let someone, let someone tell us otherwise. Unwavering is a, is a yeah, better term. Unwavering, yeah, unwavering, yeah, absolutely. So, so okay, so what, is, it, is it just wisdom in, you know, years well, on this earth that allows you? I have deposits in the faith bank. I mean, I can tell you stories of being a road comic where I could have been dead 57 times, and I knew if I'm not dead after that car wreck, if I'm not dead after being alone in a hotel with like alone, like the only person checked into like oh. this horrible hotel in the middle the of Georgia ba- the Bates where hotel. the front desk guy knows I'm traveling alone. Like, you know, clearly I have a purpose and a mission and a reason because I can't even be get, there was a time where I had a flat tire in New Mexico where all I could think of was whoever stops because I'm stopped on the side of the road and, and, and rapes me and chokes me with my own panties uh, please don't hurt my dog because I was traveling with my dog. Like my prayer was make sure Vinny gets out of this alive. Oh, oh my God. God. And nothing happened to me. Or Vinny. Not only did the guy change my tire, he wouldn't even take the $20 bill, which was all the money I had. And we exchanged. This was back when you actually wrote out addresses on paper. And I mailed him a VHS dub of my stand-up, and, oh. a, and, a, and I thanked him, and we kept in touch in, from Deming, New Mexico. Wow. And I, you know, I can't even tell you the people that have helped me when I was a broke-ass road comic. I had a woman in, in Texarkana when my credit card was declined go in her purse and give me all her loose change so I could buy the two gallons of gas I needed to get to the next gig. Wow. But the thing is, you would do the same for her. I would do the same for anybody. Yeah. I know you are. Yeah, yeah. She even lent me any album I wanted out of her huge record collection. Of course. And said, keep it for as long as it makes you happy. So what would you recommend to younger people then? There we go. Who don't have these years. Especially young girls. Well, here's here's, uh, what I know of, of the Gen Zers. And I love them. And they love me. If you read the comments under my YouTube, which was when they were children was when that was i mean i did not skinny not blonde it aired in 2013 so we're talking about almost seven years ago so some of these people were you know 13 14 15 years old is that i'm excited for the world i've been waiting for you because Mm. the millennials were the first wave but they're a hybrid of the old and new yeah but the gen zers they're they pick you up and smell you and if you don't smell right if they don't trust you they just put you back down and walk away but if they love you they they love you like they'll take a bullet in the neck hmm. for what they love and they're very fluid too they're not like going to judge you if you want to make out with a girl they're not going to judge yeah, well, you well that's even like i don't even think like that, that that's so like well that's so our, tiny to uh, me sexuality i mean well, it's sex, funny that this podcast sex- is about sex to me sex 
is one-tenth of the earth experience. If, how many people have sex 10% of their lives? I mean, you sleep for eight hours. Yeah, exactly. You have sex for what, 25 minutes, well, an you, hour? Who when, knows with you? You're a mad woman. Yeah, I am. And I'm telling you, from someone who's had a really good time, yes. a lot of times. No, you're right. Sex is... I spend but, more time on stage than I do on, on dick. You know what I mean? And I like dick a lot. But you know? I, I'm talking I about really do. How, many, how many people <laughs> suffered silently over the, our generation because they couldn't express themselves sexually. That's what I'm talking about. And well, now just, now people can do whatever they fucking want. Yeah, that's true. And, and I mean, my, one, of my one of my friend's daughters was the, f the first I've ever heard that actually took her breasts off and and said she's not even transgender. She's like a fifth gender. She's non-binary. She's, she's, I have non-binary. You met my friend Seven last night. Oh, I met him. He looks like... No, he's Elton. not a him. He's a them. I met them. And they are a them. They are Elton John. Well, they're they and they'll tell you their story themselves were born what was called 50 years ago in england a hermaphrodite and made conscious decisions uh and some were made for them of how to express themselves sexu sexually so the freedom to do that in this gen in this generation it is off the chain yes it is it's wonderful yeah we've lost all cabin pressure <laughs> and i'm not sure that that's a good thing either i'm kind of like the chinese farmer oh yeah maybe, maybe. so i mean <laughs> You, while it is a t for a tenth of you've people's got, lives. You've got way more people that could line up to potentially damage your psyche. Yes. <laughs> you've got twice the potential damage. That is true. So, I mean, it, it is sex is very inconsequential if you look at the amount of time that we spend actually doing it. However... Versus how much we spend thinking about it yes. and, yeah. and defining our, ex our earth experience by it. Exactly. I'm way more about intimacy. Exactly. Like I've had well, intimate isn't. relationships with people. Intimate. Like, like I have a young man who's actually older than the young man we're speaking of Ooh. by one year. Oh, But wow. I was on a cruise ship many years ago, and I met a young man who was 16 when I was, at the time, 37. Oh, God. And he was 16. Nothing happened. Don't freak. But we just, about to we just you. had like a thing. Mm. Or there was just a thing. And his parents even questioned it. Like, I see you running around hanging out with the comedian. Like, what's up? And he said, um, I wish that I could put her on a block of ice and save her until I grow up. Oh, and, my God. And uh, I'm not going to say his name, but if he listens online, he'll know who he is. And uh, he told me when he was 16, I was divorced. He said, uh, I would like you to stay single. And the summer that I'm 21, I'm going to come to Los Angeles and I'm going to be your lover all summer. And then we'll be done. And then we'll be like we are now. And I said, okay, okay, that seems like a pretty good deal. And then it turned out that he was going to be in Miami at a time when I was going to be in Miami when he was still, you know, 17, 16. And I was invited to a party, a very fancy party. for, And, uh, and I took him with me as my plus one. It was a Valentine's party. And they're very wealthy friends of mine. And they were doing caricatures and cut out profiles. And it was a very fancy party. And... The caricaturist said, would you like me to do a caricature of you and your mother? And he said, she's not my mother. She's my love. Oh, and, my God. And I, Marcon. and I still have that in my apartment, the drawing that the man made of the two of us. Whoa. And um, we've kept in touch. He's visited me. We've never touched each other. I was going to say, I, so 21 happened? No, and nope, nothing? never happened because that, no pun intended, that ship sailed. And that just time made us different people. But Something we have is this, magical on cruise ships. But though. we have this profoundly deep love. He's visited me in Miami. He's visited me in Los Angeles. He met me in Cabo San Lucas for a wedding. We've oh shared a gosh. hotel room together. And he's meeting me in February to go on a cruise with me. How old is he now? 32 or 3 years old. He is old. Yeah. Uh, but we have this abiding. He's done stand-up I've in, in where he lives. He lives in South America. I've... Uh, given him business advice. He's been very successful with that advice. Good for him. And we have a profound, deep intimacy. Isn't that crazy? What do you think it is that allows people to connect in that way? Nothing in, nothing in between, no guile. Not pretending mm. that it isn't occurring. Acknowledging uh, it. You know, this happened to me on a cruise ship. I met the guy, this guy. There was that same kind of, and, and I was married at the time, that same kind of energy connection, something there that that is so strong, and you can't really put your finger on it. He he's very very gay, like on the spectrum of like I never would be maybe gold star or whatever it is, and when they never are attracted to women sexually. 
But this connection that we had went on and it was right when the internet started and we kept messaging us and my husband found out and he was like devastated. He was like, this is such a breach of our intimacy. Because intimacy is deeper than body parts. Exactly. And and, in the fact that he was gay had no bearing. No, because because energetically, that level of intimacy is more damaging than if you like go to a high school reunion and Fuck bang a guy, guy you knew like, at 18 in a, in a Motel 6 and never discuss it. Yeah. That's way I more- always said that I would rather have my husband fuck some guy when he went to Vegas, you know, on a one night stand than to have a year of intimacy with some woman that, you know. Yeah. They never even touched. Yeah. No, I, I used to do a bit in my act about that. And I remember some guy looked up at me when the internet was new, you know, obviously it would seem very, you know, old now, but I asked a guy, I said, would you rather know that your woman is private messaging a guy or that she slept one time with a guy? And he looked at me, he goes, is this a real question? What are you kidding? Like she's just typing. And he totally missed oh the my point God. because the women always say hundred percent. Like I'd be way more hurt sure. by a, you know, a, a, an ongoing relationship look it's vince gill and amy grant like Vin, they swore they never had sex who cares they're married now clearly mm. they loved maybe they didn't you know i'm gonna go with them they're nice christian people but at the end of the day <laughs> his wife found like some super nice note in his golf bag and she was his opening act and it was a big scandal because they were both christian country singers who mm. ha- had an ongoing intimacy and they're married now so i think that being guileless can definitely help with intimacy. It's the only th- way you're going to achieve true intimacy. So what I'm curious about is what is it that we find in other people? Like what is this about the 16-year-old that allowed you two to connect? What are you... What are I, I can't answer up? that question, but I can answer the reverse question and then we can go backwards. Does that make sense? What's the reverse question? The reverse, the reverse question is what stops it. Okay. Not what starts it, but what stops it. Mm. And what stops it is it's judgment, it's um, it's putting the weight of expectation. What does it mean? Hmm. Where is it going to go? How is it going to end? It, there's a million questions we ask ourselves when we interact with other humans about how that interaction fits into our agenda. And the only way to have true intimacy is to abandon the agenda. Hmm. I like that. Totally. And also, when you meet someone, if you're both single, for example, and you both have no intention of a relationship, you just want to have fun, a casual, whatever, somehow or another... That never works for me. And, and actually, I'm going to ask him cha- to put this on pause because I have to use the little girl's room because I knew you were going to get here and I knew that we were going to have a very big discussion. So oh, finish okay. your thought and then I'm going to go to the little girl's room. I'm just and saying that, that your things can change. That's Absolutely, all, they, they can change. They can change. That's but uh, and and here's the question I'll throw out for when we come back: What is fun, and why is it fun? And what is spirit, and being a young spirit versus an old spirit? I prefer to say soul, but spirit's a good word. Okay. Okay. After the commercial break, stay tuned. It's almost Valentine's Day. If you're like me, you're going to be fucking your hand alone this Valentine's Day, unless you get the latest and the greatest from Lalo. Lalo.com just came out with the F1S, which is the most cutting-edge male masturbator ever created to date. It looks like an Alexa. Yeah, imagine saying, Alexa, fuck me. And then you put your dick in this (laughs) tube, and it fucking massages your dick with these dual motors. Now, you might think it It might... It uses sonic waves that will actually permeate deep into your penis, making it feel as though it's resonating pleasurably from all directions all at once instead of simply tickling the nerve endings on the surface of your skin. It will help you achieve the most overwhelming orgasms of your life. Settle the fuck down, Cam. I'm very excited about this. Okay. I was thinking that it would make you come really quick, but it doesn't. It's actually an endurance builder. It comes with an app that will train your dick to last longer. I have never seen you so excited about a product ever. I'm freaking out. And this Valentine's Day, they're offering you, our sex talker, 20% off of any product that's not already on sale. All you got to do is use promo code MOM20. That's M-O-M-2-0 at Lalo.com. L-E-L-O.com. That's MOM20 at Lalo.com. You get 20% off. You're going to be fucking your brains out. Get yourself an F1S. We're back with Monique Marvez on Sex Talk with My Mom. We were talking about fun, especially with regard to relationships. 
And how do you find someone who you can have fun with? Okay. And you've been you've been finding younger men throughout your whole life. It um, sounds like. Well, no, it's actually a pretty recent trend. I actually slanted when I was younger. There was a song by Steely Dan called "Hey 19. Oh, and I was I actually. Know, well, here's the upshot. <laughs> Do you have that album? My yes. My friends called me receding hairline because I was at 16, 17, 20 years old. I was always the one at the bar talking to the older guy with the receding hairline oh. with the sob story. But that doesn't so, that doesn't surprise me because you are attracted to older souls. I'm attracted to energy. And people that have lived more, that experience more, are super interesting to me. The young man that I keep time with is an extremely old soul. Yeah, he is. He's really old. But he's also fun. He can be. Let's talk fun. Okay. Wait, wait one quick question. So when you, t- when you talk about... The young man trend has been about the last 12, 13 years. It's but, actually pretty new. That's about Since when my I, early 40s. That's when I started. But this young man, you say he's, he's actually an old soul. Does that mean he's, in, and he's lived a lot? Does that mm-hmm. mean he's lived in this lifetime a lot? In, in, both. In, both. Okay, okay. He's, a, he's got a very big picture perspective of the world. Mm. He's, uh, he's a good judge of character. And he's he, kind of quiet. He's extremely quiet. He's which is very different for me. You could define him as socially awkward if you were going to go down that road. Which is why D's, we call my boyfriend D's, mm-hmm. is attracted to him because mm-hmm. I think D's is very outgoing. Yes, he talks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Understand in, in the nicest way. He's yeah. extremely social. Yes, yeah. he is. He has no problems in the. He knows everybody department. in the building and who does and doesn't smoke weed. <laughs> oh yes that is a very important factor and he's non-judgmental he can talk to no he's the nicest guy yeah I've, I've liked him since day one yeah but he's fun i met him on like my third day in the building and thought he was amazing thank you super friendly so the, so fun yeah what so what what is it now so fun def- changes definitions at different points in your life uh, okay, okay what's fun to you may not be fun to me but like, as, what's fun it, to- as a comic you need someone who has a sense no, of humor. not necessarily. Some people like being with morbid, morose people because they make fun of them. You have no idea why people are drawn. You know, people. when I was watching your show yesterday, mm-hmm. what turned me on so much is listening to D's laugh oh. at the comedians because I knew he got the... I, he, of course, he got it's it. a litmus test. And, it, and if they don't get it, that's like, oh my God, they're dumb. Comedy <laughs> is intimate. When you like the same comedians, when you laugh at the same things, having an inside joke is the biggest intimacy. It's, it's having a is. secret, having a joke where you can just say a word to someone and they get it and they laugh. That's incredibly intimate. You know, totally. and, if, and I always think if I break up with him, who am I going to go to with little funny nuances that only you he have and a lexicon. I would understand? You have a whole word. You have a whole vocabulary yeah, that him. only that he and i know up over time so yeah you and um what, what should we call your man uh cowboy you and that that handsome he's from, he's urban from, cowboy he, he's very cowboy he's from he's Kansas like City, old right? school gary cooper long tall drink of water who's his own man who does not succumb to peer pressure mm. he's really old school that's cool he's a cowboy how did you meet this cowboy at a party with a bunch of gay Italians who were wanting <laughs> up on him like nobody's business. So were you looking or just... No, not yeah, at all. I was same. actually involved with somebody who I'd been dating for seven years and living with for four. I was living with a man, 19 and a half years my junior, physically attractive, absolutely delightful, but we were coming to the end of our story arc and I knew it. Mm. It's funny because I met this woman and I, I've talked about this on the podcast as well, that she believes every 10 years you find a new man. With me at seven. So, and I have friends. I live in cycles of seven. My whole life is cycles of seven. Seven year age. It's biblical. I have friends who just, who have been, just got married. Mm-hmm. And I they're reading books about like how to, you know, how to make marriages work. And they're like, you know, it, it just is. You know how to make it work? To, I'm going to tell you. Be brutally honest. Ah. Br- brutally, agree. lovingly honest. Tell yeah. them, you know what? We've been doing it the same way for like six, eight months, a year. I'm going to go to a bar and pretend I don't know you. Come in and convince me to go home and have sex with you. I played that game. I'm going to wear a French maid's costume. I, uh, with the, you know, with the guy I was with for seven years, we were on a trip in Miami. I said, here's what we're going to do. You're going to go to the gym. You're going to be down there for an hour. Then you're going to come upstairs and you're going to pretend that you're a high roller with a lot of money who always orders a hooker and your favorite one isn't there and they sent you someone else and her name is Lola and she doesn't speak any English and we're going to spend two hours with you trying to tell me what to do and I don't understand you. And oh did he do it? Oh my God. Heck yeah. I know, I do that kind of stuff all Oh the no, time. my friends were like 
tell us again how Lola knows no English works. <laughs> we call it Lola knows no English. Oh, and I, I love and, I, and I tell my friends like, do Lola. Lola works. That is hilarious. Because people like novelty and it's like having a new person. That's yeah. what it is. Because if you get really in character, you're really not that person. Okay, so what about this idea though that like, when you said it, it seemed like our our like dance was coming to an end. You didn't right. say dance, but you said something. yeah, yeah, it was coming to an end. Our story arc, our story arc, right? Yeah. Okay, so it it sounds then that it's less of a choice. Like my friend was saying, like yeah, it's just a choice. Like we're just gonna even those moments where we feel like oh we should be breaking up, we should separate. We're choosing to double down, and we're choosing to. I move get a hundred percent. Here's the difference between me and most people. I am aware at all times of my influences and internal knowledge. And I can be in a relationship with somebody and within three weeks, I know when it's going to end, how it's going to end, what's going to end it. But I always tell people, would you not get on a ride at Disneyland? No, you know, the ride's going to end and you're going to get off to the left. Oh, I love that. My analogy. That's a good one. though. No, I'm going to tell you exactly what I tell everyone that cares to listen. Life is Disneyland. Okay, now nobody sits on Main Street USA shaking their fist at God, you know, at Walt Disney saying like, why did you make the park close at midnight and what's going to be my legacy and what will people think of me? No, they're in the moment when they're in Disneyland. Now, the difference between life and the park is we know the park closes at midnight in life. We don't know exactly when the park's going to close. But what difference does that really make? How would we live our lives? I mean, when you're in Disneyland, you plan what you're going to ride based on priority. Mm. I want to ride Space Mountain before the park closes. So the analogy still holds up. Mm. So I tell people, life is Disneyland and rides are the relationships. And you might get lucky and die on a ride. I'm sure it's happened. But the reality is nobody gets off Mr. Toad gripping their souvenir bag saying, I gave you the best four minutes of my life. I can't believe you. Give me your ears. Fuck face. I hate you. I'm calling an Uber. No. You, you I'm get, going to, it's a small world many times. You get off the ride with dignity and excitement with the heart of a child and you look around the park and you say, what am I going to ride next? And you, and you, or you could be like Cam and say, I just pissed in my pants. I'm not doing that again. Fair enough. Uh, it happens. But the, but the analogy absolutely holds up under any scenario i've i've used it on some of my friends because i like to road test things before i bring it to the mass media and (laughs) and my friends have called me and they say monique damn you i can't figure out a single moment in my life where that disneyland analogy doesn't hold up yeah that's good that's gold yeah yeah Yeah, the park's gonna close so prioritize what matters to you copyright that shit but but you know prioritize decide what you want to ride and how many times you want to ride it and if this is your favorite ride and you decide i just want to keep going on this then then do that so but you, the you, vast majority on, of people don't mm-hmm. they ride multiple rides in their lifetime were you on a ride with that guy then that that you were yes with? i loved him with all of my heart and then once you but what i knew made you decide that the ride, that that was, ride was over i didn't decide he technically he broke up with me but i know it's because people would rather quit than be fired mm-hmm. and he probably felt my energy yeah, yeah. receding like the tide yeah because mm-hmm. the i knew the ride was ending and i wanted to get off to the left with dignity was there something specific about him that grace. you didn't want to ride into the sunset with? Absolutely, I can tell you. I knew exactly when it was going to end. Um, he didn't know what his thing was, which is another superpower of mine, helping people find their thing, because mm-hmm. I've had my thing since I since I was 27, since I started open micing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on, he did many things during the course of our dating, uh, and then living together, he was selling insurance, because that's what his family does, mm-hmm. and his father owns, you know, an insurance company, and but uh, he came home one day and he said, if I've learned one thing from you, it's that I have to love what I do. And I believe I would like to be a policeman. And I've put out a lot of applications to different uh, forces in the academy. And I thought in my head, um, who I am doesn't align with cop energy. Doesn't mm. mean that cops are bad. I love policemen. But it's just not for you. It's just not at close range. They bring home a lot of things from the earth that are not things that I want to have swirling around me when I'm trying to write comedy. Mm. So, so you couldn't tell him not to do what no, he No, I wanted to him to do it. Yeah. I wanted him to but do it. But you also couldn't live with someone. No, I heard the clock ticking. I knew that by the time he graduated the academy, we would be utterly and completely done. And mm. we broke up um, six weeks before he graduated, a six-month program. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll 
tell you the end of the story very quickly. Please say he's living. Oh my God, yes, and we okay. and we and we love each other, and we're friends, okay. and he's happily married. Good. Um, actually, my friends are laughing and saying, "When are you going to shut down Monique's boys to men school?" And I think Cowboy <laughs> might be my last alumni. But uh, <laughs> but the but the no, point is, Cowboy's staying with you. No, Cowboy will stay with me as my friend. And and but the but the upshot is that uh, he told I told him when we were first together because of the age difference. And I highly recommend if you're listening to anything I've ever said, this is the point where you need to lean into your computer or your phone or your steering wheel if you're driving to get closer to the radio. Um, every relationship, even if you don't think it's going to end, might. So have a safe word and have a way to end it with dignity. Uh. So when he and I were first dating, I said, because of the massive age difference, I said, I am a one man woman. If you and I enter into sexual relations, you can put your head on a train track that I will not sleep with another man until that part of our relationship is done. I don't like mixing energies. I don't like sleeping with two people at once. Never done it. Not interested. Not my jam. I said, but because of our age difference and who you are and how you conduct yourself, all I ask is that you be a man. If there's something you're going to do in your life that you think will hurt my feelings, do everything you can to shelter and protect me from it because if I catch you, we are done. And, and that's the end of it. That's important to me. I said, that being said, if you want to end that part of our relationship, you don't have to lie, sneak around, or talk to your friends or your family or get advice. This is how you end it. You say unequivocally, I can't do this anymore. I said, I can't promise you that I won't cry, but I won't push back. And I won't ask you why. And on March 3rd of 2014, at about 11 o'clock on a Monday night, he said, I can't do this anymore. And I felt as if I were falling into a net. And I heard the voice say, let go, I've got you. Mm. And I sat up and I said, how would you like this to go down? He said, what do you mean? I, I said, how, do you want me to leave tomorrow? How do you want this to work? Well, he was uh, in a situation where he couldn't pay his entire mortgage on his own and had always had a roommate, and I was paying a portion mm -hmm. of his mortgage to live with him. It was a pooling of the resources. It was much less than the rent I was paying in an expensive building. And, um, and it was March 3rd, and I had already paid the rent. And he said, well, I, I, can't, I can't have you just pay me and leave. I said, I don't care. It's just money. And he said, no, I, I wouldn't feel good about that. And I need a month to get a roommate, which he would have been almost graduated from the academy at that point. And I said, I will stay for one month under one condition. He said, what? I said that we both know exactly what is going on. So there's no need to discuss it any further until such a time as I begin to pack to leave at the end of the month. Other than that, we will act as normal as possible. And he said, oh, my God, that's an incredible deal. And then I got up and I went in the living room. And he said, please don't sleep in the living room. It'll make me think that you're mad at me. I said, I'm not mad at you at all. I just need to free myself of the force field in here and kind of be in my own space. And after seven years of being madly in love with him, I went on the couch. I didn't cry. And I fell asleep. And I slept like a dead person. And, hmm. uh, and the next morning I woke up and I knew what had to happen. And that was the end of it. And actually, Cowboy and I were just friends. And I texted him and said, me and cop are no more. That was exactly what I typed. Me and cop are no more because <laughs> he had been my friend. But me and cowboy. No, Giddy up. No. And he texted me and he said, do you need me to come get you? I have a pickup truck. I didn't even <laughs> know. And I said, no, I'm fine. Thank you. And he said, okay. Because at that time, I had no idea or intention because he was five years younger than cop and everybody right. thought cop was ridiculous right. so the irony of that is is that i had a girlfriend who kept saying i know if you were single cowboy would want to be with you and i was like you're out of your mind you're bananas it's you know the it's an untenable situation of no interest to me and and cowboy and i were friends for months after cop and i parted because he is very shy and it took him a very long time to express that he was genuinely interested in being more than the guy that helped me move stuff around my storage unit but cowboy has hmm. balls he does so it takes a lot of balls to be the younger guy especially with that age difference it's hard it's to, you know, pretty monumental yeah yeah it, it takes balls yeah there's a quarter century age difference i know you were going to ask 25 years i wasn't going to ask that but then i'm sure our years. listeners are wondering 25 too. 25 years so can we get back to because i know where this is coming to an end just those that advice for those younger girls well first of all it's going to be for a longer day but define what fun really is to you because hookup culture is a big giant lie it's an addiction no different than you know than jewel or 
or prescription drugs or the Sackler family or sugar or corn syrup or any other idiocy that we've gotten ourselves involved in. Hook up culture is detrimental to the moving forward of young women. Now, I'm not saying sex is detrimental. You notice I said I said hookup culture. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you not to have sex. I'm not even telling you not to have casual sex. I'm telling you not to have sex in order to make people like you or Ugh. stick around Gag or do me. for yeah. you. No, if you feel a genuine physical attraction to someone, then by all means, authentically, genuinely, with honesty and no agenda, engage in whatever you feel will feel good and be fun and joyful for you. Be a hoe. Whatever. No, actually, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just teasing. Yeah, I'm saying be your own person who uses your genitals no different than you use your car. You drive it with a specific set of rules for your own safety and well-being and so you don't end up in a fiery crash that lowers your self-esteem and leaves you without an ability to make good decisions going forward. I would extend this to men as well. Yeah, for sure. But I can only speak to my own experience. And I'll speak to my experience. And hookup culture has been very confusing to me. Good for you. It's never been. it's never sat well with me. No, because it's not. it goes against what we know in our soul to be true, which is intimacy. Every time you have sex with someone, little tiny invisible fishing hooks go into each other. Mm. They continue to pull your flesh when you're apart. Because oh, man. You, no, it, I use analogies for a reason. And you feel those invisible pulls and tugs mm-hmm. and a myriad of questions around that pain, that disease, that discomfort of I connected deeply with another human and it seems to not have had the same impact on them and maybe Mm. it did, you're just not talking about it as it did on me and that is soul sucking and esteem lowering and anybody who tells you different is selling you nicotine or codeine or but also it's it's also that you're never all going to get the exact same amount of emotions. I mean, it's inevitable no, to get it's identical. No, underst- but it's an understanding that something occurred. Sometimes right. it's not even a mathematical equation. It's something happened here. We were changed because everything is matter. If you, it, This isn't God or Jesus or Buddha. This is Einstein. Everything is on the elemental table. We're carbon life force. When your matter comes up against another person's matter, yeah. you're never the same because mm-hmm. you have an exchange of, of fields. And, you know, have you ever hooked up with someone on a cruise ship? I, this happened to me. Just FYI. Okay. And then the next day, he ignored you. I mean, what the fuck is that? I've, I haven't had that happen on a cruise ship. I've had it happen in life like yeah, on, on land. I just thought I'd bring up a cruise ship experience because you no, spent a lot of time on a cruise no, ship. No, I don't. And actually, I have no relations ever at any time with anybody on cruise well, ships. Well, it's probably a smart thing. Yeah, no, it's my job. But the point is that you have some sort of connection with that person and you at least say hello to the person the I've next had day. that on land. Isn't that amazing? It is. It's a crazy situation. What can we have so little time and and so many thoughts? Okay, I I promise I've enjoyed myself thoroughly. You guys are amazing hosts. Oh, thank you. I don't think we we talked actual body parts and dildos enough for you guys. We never really do. Get to that? Yeah, no, no, no. No, Honestly, the show is not really about that. Oh, okay, very good. Topics you typically wouldn't talk about with a parent. Yes, which I think we did very accurately. Okay, great. And usually, I did good. Yeah, it was great. Many times we have someone that I think relates more to Cam's age group. Uh, and I think very, I'm a good mix of the very two. Very rarely do I have somebody that's you know my age group. Yeah, you know? so it's kind of nice. And then with that, I think we should bring it to a close. Yeah. Okay. How do if people wanted to find you and get at Monique Marvez M O N I Q U E M A R V E Z on Instagram. Uh, my Facebook personal page is full, so you'll have to go to the official Monique Marvez page. And uh, but okay. mostly Instagram and Twitter. And at don't Monique forget Marvez. YouTube. And yes, but if you just type in my name on YouTube, there's a barrage of things to entertain. They're great, you. great. You you didn't even do half of your bits that I wanted to hear. I don't do bits. Yeah, no. I know. We don't talk about a bits. You didn't do half of the things that you did on stage yesterday. Thank you. So I'm so glad lo- you liked it. I I would love for you guys to go to her YouTube channel, t- check out some of her work. It's fantastic. At Monique Marvez. Thank you. This has been super fun. Yay, thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that wonderful episode with Monique Marvez, my mother's new best friend. And I'd like to speak about Luke Tufflove. Who is Luke Tufflove? That's our latest Patreon. Woohoo! Boo, 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 boo. www.patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom. It's a way that you can financially support us and be part of our family. 
Yes, you get exclusive bonus content there as well. And if you want to support us in another way that is free, all you got to do is go to ratethispodcast.com slash mom. That's in the show notes of this episode, and you can leave us a wonderful review. It really, really helps us out. You could leave it on anything, Android, iTunes, whatever. You could find out the best way to do it by going to ratethispodcast.com slash mom. And I wanted to read a wonderful little review we got. Please do. Awesome podcast, must listen, five stars by Margot Callahan. I love the name Margot, by the way. I'm an avid podcast listener and recently came upon Sex Talk with my mom, and I can't stop listening. Cam and Karen Lee, keep doing your thing. Woohoo! Thank you so much, Margot. We'll continue doing our thing. We're going to keep doing it. Thank you to everyone who listened to this point. We love you. The most. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 